This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room. Change it away. We talk sports. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to this roundtable discussion of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where once again, I invite the guys from pantherparkway.com to discuss the postseason because we had a regular season edition of this and preview the playoffs. Now we're going to talk about our thoughts overall as a group roundtable discussion on what our overall thoughts was of the previous series against the Tampa Bay Lightning and let me introduce us from pantherparkway.com, host of Locked on Panthers. And I am very honored to bring my my fellow writers onto the website. So let's introduce the, let's go around the table. Tom McLean, Panther Parkway. The host of the Panther Parkway podcast, mind you. Hmm. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, host <laughs> of the Panther Parkway co-host. I have uh, Jake with me as well each, each week. All right, that's a good segue. I'm, I'm Jacob Winans, uh, co-host of the Panther Parkway podcast and writer for Panther Parkway Online. And I am uh, Nick Fairbanks, writer for Panther Parkway. And I'm Frank Rikus, owner of Panther Parkway. The boss, uh, unless it's Bruce Springsteen, as he mentioned last time around. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> as of this recording on Monday night, Memorial Day, we are five days removed from the Florida Panthers losing four to nothing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. In between all of that, we have had exit interviews. We've had an exit from one of the backup goalies. We've had some great play from one of the Panthers prospects, which we'll get to later in the show. But overall, overall, what what are your guys thoughts when you look back when we've had five days to think about this as far as looking back at the series how, how do you guys view this series uh we'll start with you tom um jake and i talked about it today for a little bit and uh I'm, i put up a stat on my uh, on my whiteboard here and i i averaged the uh the tampa bay lightning d you know their weights and heights and, and they have an average weight of 221 pounds and there are seven of them and then I, I went through like 11 of our, our defensemen and I had to add in two guys that didn't even play in the playoffs and our average weight on defense is 191. So Ooh. that's 30 pounds to the man. And I, I honestly think we got manhandled. We were, we were kept on the perimeter for the most part. We had a couple of good games and I mean, <clears throat> you know, we, we played one really honestly great game. I mean, complete game, complete game. The other one's, we were close a little bit, on, but honestly, I think that we were a little bit uh, manhandled, especially on the, you know, in their D zone. I'll take the next uh, part of it. Um, I think it came down to goaltending and uh, power play. 
um, special teams. Um, uh, obviously, Florida couldn't figure out who was going to carry them to the promised land as far as getting wins. Um, you know, we switched between Bob and uh, Drager, and then we went to Spencer Knight. Um, and then our, you know, we couldn't stay out of the box either, uh, unfortunately. And every single time we went to the box, um, there was always some quality chances that Tampa got, and they scored more often than not. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of both of their answers. Um, I, I think this play, this past playoff series was a good learning experience for the for the core of the Panthers. They they ran into one of the most experienced, best best performing playoff teams you're gonna find. And um, yeah, uh, there was a quote before the series started where Coach Q said, "Goaltending is not going to be an issue this series." And that ended up being the main issue in the series, um, just because the guys you count on to be reliable weren't. Um, but with that said, a lot of times with the Panthers, we've questioned their, their heart and their desire and their, their will to win. I didn't see that as an issue in the playoffs. Uh, I saw a lot of heart and I saw a lot of effort. I didn't see a whole lot of shifts off, but I did see some inexperience. Um, Nick talks about it with, uh, the power play. A lot of the power, the penalties the Panthers took were just stupid, uh, after the whistle stuff that you have to avoid in the playoffs. It was unnecessary you think sam bennett who's a great addition but lost his cool a couple times and it's those it's those little mistakes that a veteran team like tampa will capitalize on so a good learning experience um the potential is there but next time around they've got to clean it up and, and play a little bit more composed yeah i'm going to piggyback on uh, jake there definitely a learning experience and i think it also tells the panthers how much better they really need to be uh, Tampa obviously is the, the defending Stanley Cup champs and everybody wants, you know, the trophy that they have. But Florida made some great strides this year as compared to last season when they got bumped out by the Islanders. However, um, they have to work very, very hard and they have to almost be perfect. And, you know, everybody has mentioned a few different things, goaltending, penalty killing, staying out of the penalty box, maintaining composure, uh, not big enough. I mean, these are all things that, um, I guess you can look at to see how you're measured. And I said something after the game, the last game was over. And I said, you know, do you have, you have players that can get you to the playoffs? Do you have players that can get you through the playoffs? And I think that's the question that they need to ask, answer over the summer. That That's very fair, uh, Frank. And Jake, Jacob really, said it best experience versus inexperience and this was a team that hasn't really been here too much they got a little bit of a taste in 2016 but now they get a second girl round and the this panthers team hasn't had consecutive playoff bursts as we know they have two so when you're when you're going that far in between playoff appearances it's also really hard to get your feet wet and really know what the feeling is like to be in a type of environment like the Stanley Cup playoffs because the Florida Florida Panthers they 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 saw what an atmosphere can be in in a postseason event if they're the home team and they have a crowd like what we saw in Sunrise Florida behind them. I mean, Jake, how many? Home games did you go to throughout the series? Did you go to all three or two of them? Uh, the I, I actually went to all three home games in the postseason. And, yeah, the the building was – that was an environment that we haven't seen much of in Sunrise. 
especially game five. And I was with you for game one, both of those games, the, the building was, um, that was a hostile environment if you're a Tampa player. And that's a nice advantage to have. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's great what, what this market can be. And with the war Memorial being renovated to the Florida Panthers new practice facility and multi-purpose facility and with the, the the game is really growing down here in sunrise florida and one one question i really want to get off the, the the more more of not really a question but more of a discussion point is i feel like something i've been thinking about the last few days is we can and this the right off the bat when we talked about goaltending goaltending wasn't good enough to what the Tampa Bay Lightning had and <laughs> I don't I don't know how many of you guys saw game one of Lightning's Canes where Andre Vasilevsky only allowed one goal and that that just goes to show that your goaltending is a something that needs to be a continuous theme a, a constant to get through and I could sit here and say all I want saying we should have started Spencer Knight game one, should have started Spencer Knight game one. But at the time, everybody, most people, I, I'm one of them, was saying, no, we have such a small sample size. But then I think about it as well as thinking, I, I, I try not to play the what if game, but if I, I sometimes wonder what if after game two, not no way that it was to start the series, but I sometimes think what if after game two, they made the goalie change to Spencer Knight to start off game three. I, 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 I that's something I think about a little bit. How, how about, how about you guys? Is, is there, is there a game in particular that you guys might've thought before game five? It's a tough way. I mean, <clears throat> I remember us having the same exact discussion. We talked about like which goalie do you start? And you know, I I, I think I even said the same thing. It's like you got to run with the guy that has the most experience playing with against this specific team, and that was that was Bob. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think that we even talked about. I, I think I said it my, myself is that I would start him, but he would be on a short hook. And I think that's exactly what happened. Is he got on a short hook, but they put in the second stringer guy, and, and he didn't do as well he didn't didn't do i think he did better but not as not not good enough to win so i guess we were you know you're forced to uh throw in the old rookie there i think that was game five that we put the the rookie in and uh i don't know maybe you do push him a little you know put him in a little sooner but that's in hostile territory and you know in tampa so it's tough 2020 is is 2020 or hindsight is always 2020 Mm -hmm. obviously and Knowing now what we know, well, yes, we probably should have started him at the beginning of the uh, of, of the series, but nobody, I don't think there's any Panther fans out there, management, coaching, then nobody's going to throw that rookie out there in opening night in, in, in BB&T. It's it just not going to happen. So, no way. Eesh. Knowing what I know now, though, I, I would have thrown him out there. I think that would have been, uh, I think it would have been amazing. I think, I, I think he's that good. I'll take it after Tom. So I, I honestly think that we, the Panthers did the right thing. They started the guy with experience, which is Bob. I mean, we're paying him $10 million for a reason, um, you know, whether or not he's, you know, uh, making it or not. 
Um, and then when he faltered after game one, you know, you go to your backup, you know, the guy who was basically the most consistent all year in Drager. And unfortunately he didn't uh, get the job done. Um, so we went back with him again to see, you know, in game three to see if, you know, if that was just a, uh, a fallacy or, you know, maybe that wasn't, you know, really his, you know, best game in game two. And here he goes, gives up, I think, what was it? Three or four goals in the first two periods. And then Bob comes in and saves the game. Um, who do you go to after that? Do you go back to Bob after he basically came in and shut the door and they won in overtime? I believe they made the right decision with that too. I think that that spark probably could have gotten Bob off to a better uh, start for game uh, four, but unfortunately it didn't happen. And then that's when they decided to make the actual change to go to Spencer Knight. Well, I was just going to say, I was in the camp of not even initially uh, playing Spencer Knight in game five, but obviously uh, looking back, that would have been a bad decision on my end, but I think what we really have come to find out now is that we have a goaltending issue and I can't remember a team and I've been watching a lot of hockey that went through three goaltenders in the playoffs, especially in the first round of, you know, a six game series. I, you know, yeah, certainly you can use two. I don't recall a third goalie entering the mix as long provided that nobody was hurt. So uh, this really sets up a very interesting off season and uh, I don't want to be in Bob's shoes because it looks like he could be odd man out. And uh, it just, it, it made the playoffs difficult because it also, you know, the players are like, well, what's going on here? We, who, who can we count on? And it made their job a little bit tougher as well. But uh, I give a lot of credit to Spencer Knight, 20 years old to come in and, you know, play the way he did in game five. I don't really fault him for, for game six, but uh man, he put on a hell of a show in game five. So I think we really have something there with him. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to agree, especially with Nick's point. Um, I, I saw a, a tweet the other day. Um, this is Toronto Maple Leafs related, where they blew their game against um, Montreal. And they were saying, if you're, if you're Kyle Dubas, the GM of the Maple Leafs, what more can you do? And I, I kind of apply that to the coaching um, with, the, with the Panthers goaltending decisions. If you're if you're Q, there's not much more you can ask of Q in, in his goaltending decisions. It's we have Bob, we have Drieger. Both guys should be capable of starting in the playoffs. Bob has been there before and he's won. Um, Drieger has been solid for two years running now. So you, you think that at least one of them is, is going to be that, that steady presence. And the issue is we know that if Bob falters, we have Drieger. He's, he's kind of seen as the contingency plan around here. And when the contingency plan doesn't work, then then you have the alarms going off everywhere. And it, it's that's kind of what cost them the series. Drieger is usually the guy you can put in there and he'll be the steady backbone and he'll settle things down. And when he gave up five in one period, uh, I think everyone kind of knew, OK, this is not going to work. Uh, Spencer Knight, Spencer Knight's going to have to get a shot. Uh, it's unfortunate how it played out because you'd like to see at least one of your two veterans come through uh, when, when they need to. But. At the same time, I think we all learned that Spencer Knight is well ahead of the curve that everyone thought he would be. Um, when he signed his ELC earlier, everyone's thinking he probably won't play a game. He'll practice on the taxi squad, and next year he'll get a full season in the AHL. I think we all think now he's, he's way ahead of that development curve. So in that sense, it's a positive. But uh, Frank is right. We do have a goaltending issue now. Uh, Spencer Knight, is it's good to have him because he's a guy who can handle the job but it's, it's a two-man system in the NHL. You can't only have one solid goalie. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens <laughs> from here on out. 
This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sports. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Panthers throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Panthers podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs and maybe we'll watch a game live through Locker Room and chat about it live on the app. So... Download the app and follow the Locked On Panthers page at LO underscore FLA Panthers on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group of your choice for the latest league updates. I know you won't want to miss it. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Florida Panthers and the NHL landscape. Locker room. Change the way. We talk sports. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut almond, coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite is? My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. A couple of other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and five grams of sugars. 5 grams of net carbs, 9 amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And also, the good thing about that is Sam Montebo is an RFA this year with having a decent season in AHL Syracuse. So the Panthers don't know whether to tender him another contract or not, but now that they see what they got in Spencer Knight, they, 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 it makes their decision easier on whether to move on from a guy like Sam Montebo, because I think, I think a lot of us are also in agreement that Chris Drieger is going to walk. And we saw a post this past week from Tom's long lost cousin uh, of <laughs> Chris Drieger, Go, RJ. Li- li- um, of Chris Drieger leaving the Florida Panthers and saying goodbye. And that's something I actually mentioned on yesterday's episode of Locked On Panthers because this recording will be released on. Wednesday night, there will be an episode before 
that this one drops. So, so yeah, Th- with, so now let's play, let's play a little game where you, we look at the RFAs and the UFAs that we have on the roster. We'll play a little bit of who we want to keep and who we don't want to keep. So I'm going to list the UFAs on the roster. There's Alex Wenberg, Nikita Gusev, Mason Marchment, excuse me, Scott Wilson. Uh, Mason Marchment's a UFA next year. Uh, Brandon Montour, Brady Keeper, uh, Group 6 UFA, Kevin Connaughton, Chris Strieger, and Philip DeRosier. Uh, group six UFA. And we'll start with the UFAs first and then and then we'll go around the table for RFAs after. So we'll start I'll we'll start with let's start with Nick. Which UFAs would you keep and which UFAs would you be okay with letting walk? Well uh the first name that you brought up was Alex Winberg. Um and I would definitely keep him just because um, I know we have some prospects in the pipeline that are going to be coming in soon. However, um, the center position was a little bit foggy this year. Um, I don't feel like we had a solidified four. Um, it was kind of changing. Um, Wenberg was playing out of position most of the season, playing at that 2C and then being bumped onto 3C. Um, he had his best uh, year with us, and um, I can't see how um, you know he would, uh, I guess, degrade from that. Uh, so I would definitely keep him around as a utility player or somebody that can step in uh, to the center position if needed be. Um, call me crazy, um, but I would definitely see if we can sign Chris Drager to a contract, even though that's not possible, um, just because we don't know what's going to happen with Bob. Um, we're not going to buy him out, and I know that's something that we're definitely going to talk about, but that w- whatever is going to happen with Bob is going to dictate whatever happens to the rest of the team this uh, offseason. Um, as for everybody else, uh, I'm pretty much okay with letting go, um, not tendering a contract or anything like that. Um, I kind of have to piggyback on Nick here. Uh, definitely you want to keep Wenberg because uh, he's been a very valuable player and he's also very versatile uh, and he's clearly coming off a, a very decent year for us. Um, I also agree trying to sign Chris Drieger, assuming that we figure out what happens with Bob. And I would be perfectly fine with a tandem of Drieger and Spencer Knight. Um, I think that, you know, with Drieger's recent experience and the promise that Spencer holds, I think those two guys would be great in net. As far as the rest of them go, you can let them go. Um, I was not that impressed with Gusev. Uh, Montour had a couple of decent games. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed with him, and he seemed to get manhandled quite a bit. And um, yeah, there's nobody else on that list that I would be uh, aggressively pursuing, you know, if they left, they left. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take it next. Um, if, if there's some way to move on from Bob, uh, me and Tom talked about that on the, on the Panther Parkway podcast, there's not a whole lot of options you have with him given his no movement clause, but if Zito can get him to waive it, you can start to look at the, uh, it's sort of experimental type of trade where you basically compensate two different teams to split his salary um, it, with, with the whole salary retention rules that could be possible. We'd have to give up quite a few draft picks to make that happen. Um, but if it, it, it's something you have to look at, if you can get Bob to waive, 
Uh, I know Coach Q said after the season during the exit interviews that uh, he, he gave a answer that was a little bit more candid than what we're used to hearing from him, that uh, Bob wants to play, but he understands the situation here now. So Q basically told the media it's, it's up in the air whether or not Bob is going to be back or not. So we'll see what happens with that. I'd be happy with a Drieger-Knight tandem if that's possible. Uh, especially if you can keep Montembeau and have him as the third goalie in the organization, I'd be happy with those three. Um, beyond him, beyond Drieger, I'd love to keep Wenberg somehow. His somewhat inflated goal total might get him second line, second line money and, and higher offers elsewhere. But if we can keep him as that 3C, it'd be nice. And I feel like he could also play 4C if Anton Lundell pans out as early as we think he might. We'll get into that later. Um, I would like to keep Montour if the price is right. I want to see what he can do uh, playing second and third pair with a, a more reliable partner. And you add Ekblad back into the mix, maybe not so much responsibility on Montour and he can play his game a little bit. I, I liked what I saw from him. I think he ended up being a plus eight as well after the trade. So uh, he's a positive impact. And the last guy on that list that I'd really like to keep is Brady Keeper. Um, I watched him quite a bit in the AHL. Um, I like his game. He brings a, a physicality and a toughness that we don't have a lot of besides uh, Radko Gudis. I think he could compete for the seventh D position next year, maybe get a roster spot, but I would like to keep Brady keeper. Uh, his, his price tag shouldn't be too high. And yeah, I, I do like his game. I think he translates to the NHL, uh, whether it's with us or with someone else. So I'd rather it be with us. You were correct on Montour being a plus eight, by the way, Jacob. You were correct on that one. So does anyone does anyone else think that uh, Nikita Gusev heads back to the KHL? Because I, with what he showed here, I don't think he gets another NHL offer. To be honest, I agree. Uh, after winning a KHL MVP there, and it, it just seems that his game just doesn't translate to this level, and he could take it elsewhere. And that's for his game. It might not be a bad thing. I guess I get to go sloppy for it. So, <laughs> so out of that <laughs> list, I, I would, I think that I would, I, I agree with, uh, with my co-host on, on keeper. I wanted to talk about keeper. So he's six foot two, 209 pounds and he's young. So I, I like the fact that he's tall and he's ranging. He seems to play a smart game. Like we saw, we got a, a glimpse of him in the, uh, in the playing round last year. I think he made a mistake that we talked about on the podcast and uh, we didn't get to see too much of him after that. But I like him and I like Winberg. But again, I wonder if there's a way to move Winberg from center to a left or a right wing. Because I like Achari on the fourth line. I do like uh, Sam Bennett, hopefully, if he stays on that second center. And definitely Barco on the first. And I, I think that we, we kind of hit on it. And we got, we got a taste of Lundell in the, uh, in the I, IIHF, the World Championship stuff that's going on. He's a sniper. And I think that he's going to make that translation and transition right into the NHL and skipping the AHL. I think he's that good. So uh, I think he comes in and takes over that three, that three center. So keep Winberg, keep uh, keeper, the rest of them. Not so much. I mean, I, I liked what a little bit of what Montour does, but he's, he's another smaller, faster kind of guy. And like I said, I think we got manhandled quite a bit. And if, I mean, if we want to win in the playoffs, we're going to need to step away a little bit from that, that smaller, faster, type of type of D man, unless you get somebody like Kale McCarr, who's just otherworldly. So uh, those are the two I would keep. 
and I, I would let Drieger go. And I, I think that we talked about it a little bit on the podcast today. If we can make it so that um, Drieger goes to the Kraken, if he gets signed by them, that counts as our pick. And we don't have to save or for protect anybody. That's correct. Yeah. There's a, there's a seven for those who don't know who might be listening. There's a, I believe it's a seven day, seven day window for Seattle to negotiate with other teams, UFAs. And if they sign any of them, that counts as the pick from that team. So if they negotiate a contract with Drieger during that window, then he counts as our pick. It, it might be worth it knowing that we have Spencer Knight here and can keep the rest of the core together. That's actually a good piece of knowledge to know. Thank you guys. Yeah. And if you could, and I, I'll touch a little bit on the expansion draft, not too much of it because we have weeks to talk about it. If, if you could get, Yandel to waive that no no trade clause that then you could you could expose him and you don't have to protect him because with that he's automatically protected. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. The NBA and the NHL are in their stretch runs right before the postseason begins. Get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB. NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. Stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading could be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor, and if you're doing it loan, team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront can make it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 bands for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Get your first 5,000 managed for free for life. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. So let's go to the RFAs. The following RFAs, actually, hold on. Let me let me tell you what which ones I would keep. 
I, um, I, I've, I've been a little indifferent with Wenberg staying or going. If it's going to cost like 3.5 million, I'm going to say no to, to resigning Wenberg right now. Right now he was making 2.25 million in Florida. Of course, he's probably going to ask for a little bit of a raise, but there, there's also got to be some contracts that got to be cleared. Like, of course, a Keith Yandel and Anton Stroman possibly. So, so that they could be able to, you know, give them a good raise for a guy who was, who had a career high in coach Q's system in, in year one and, and 17 goals, I believe it was as his career high. Nikita Gusev, like Jacob asked, maybe, maybe he just needs to go back to the KHL because that's where his game fits most. And the benefit of a guy like Brandon Montour, still 27 years old. But like Tom said, size is the issue with with a guy like Brandon Montour. He's a little bit small, and sometimes he has a few defensive lapses. And but the benefit of a uh, Brandon Montour is he is somebody who could play the left and the right def- uh, on the deep pairing. So that's a benefit that Brandon Montour brings to the table. But I mean, the Florida Panthers have another player in that in Mackenzie Weger, who's very flexible, who had a cur- just a career year. So. If Brandon Montour walks, then personally for me, it's not a it's not a huge deal for me. So let's go to the RFAs. There are Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, Lucas Walmark, Yuho Lamico, Chase Prisky, arbitration eligible, Lucas Carlson, who they got from the trade, I believe was Chicago, Noel Juleson who they claimed off waivers for Montreal and Bobby Orsling and Sam Montebo. So I'll go first on this one this time around. Of course, I feel like there's so many obvious ones. Wouldn't you think the, the, at least a few of them. And I think all of us would be in agreement that Sam Bennett is one you have absolutely have to keep because when in any sport, when you trade a couple of high draft assets, of course, now we see with what we gave up with those assets that it wasn't an overpayment, that it was the right move to make for a former fourth overall. But when you give up those assets, there's more pressure on the organization to re-sign a player. And the ball is on the Florida Panthers front office is court, or in this situation, ice, that they re-sign Sam Bennett, but I don't have a doubt in my mind that they will find a way to re-sign Sam Bennett. Walmart, I'm okay with letting him walk. Duclair, I'd love to keep, especially when he went through that streak. And the the rest, the re- the rest, I'm kind of okay. I'm okay with walk um with walking. Maybe Ch- Chase Prisky to give him a chance at the at the NHL level because that's a trade piece from the Vincent Trocheck trade that. You know, and I guess it's a little bit of pride on the Florida Panthers side that they want to make sure that they get the most out of that trade, even though at this point it's looking like the Carolina Hurricanes have won that trade. So let's go around the table. Let's Before start. Before you go there, time. did you forget about Forsling? Forsling, yes, yes, Forsling. You can't I, let him go, man. Yes, you have, you have to keep Forsling. That one's another obvious one. I didn't <laughs> scroll down all the way, so... Yeah, he was the last one on this one. So, yes, you have to keep Forsling for sure in this one. So, 
Let, let's start with you, Tom. Tom, with the, Tom with the $10 million save there. I'm 100% keeping Forsling, man. And if I had to pick the – like, there's there's haves and then, then there's wants. So, my haves, absolutely, I want to keep Bennett. I like Bennett. I, so I like what, he's, what, what he can bring. And I will say he had a couple of mental lapses and put us – you know, put us into a really bad spot after game two or after game one, sorry about that, and for game two. But I, I can let that slide because of uh, his protection of his team. I, I appreciate that. And absolutely, absolutely Forsling. And uh, I, I, I want to say I would probably tender one to to Montembeau, you know, going on my, my previous comment because of uh, I think Drieger is going to to move on. And I would definitely like I would definitely hope that we can exercise that that seven day uh, deal and have him count as our, our pick for the crack. Yeah. For me, um, I'm looking at the list right here. Obviously Sam Bennett is, is a guy that we'd love to keep. Uh, I don't have any doubt that we will. Uh, the good thing about RFAs is that they're usually pretty, pretty cost controlled. So uh, their salaries tend to favor the team more than the player. Uh, you get good production for less, less money usually. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we come to terms with Bennett. Uh, I'd like to keep these things away from away from arbitration because then it creates a sort of a an issue between player and management. We want those relationships good. So hopefully this can be handled outside of arbitration. Uh, I'd like to keep Sam Bennett. Uh, I'd like to keep Anthony Duclair. Absolutely. Um, he had a, a pretty ridiculous slump to start the season. I've never really seen anything like it where uh, he couldn't score a goal to save his life. And he was doing pre pretty much everything that you could possibly ask to score a goal. Um, Lucas Walmark, uh, he he obviously walks in my opinion. He he came here and didn't really do anything after the trade. Um, so he walks. Uh, Yuho Lamico, we may keep him. I'm okay letting him go if that's if that's the case because we have Lundell coming over. We have center depth, and there's been talks that we might be bringing back um, Alexi Sarla from Finland, who's also under Panthers control. Um, when you get to the defensemen, you mentioned Prisky, Carlson, uh, Juleson, and Bobby Orsling. Obviously, Forsling is should stay. Uh, hopefully, that we can work that out with Yandel. But when you talk about Prisky, Carlson, and Juleson, they're all young D. And if I'm not mistaken, they all play the right side. Um, we also have Koyachnok, Ludwig, um, Gildan. All of these are young defensemen who are going to need playing time. You can't keep them all. So... I think you pick one of those three. My pick is probably Juleson and the rest can go because you don't want to clog up the pipeline. You want them all getting ice time. So that I would probably pick Juleson and let the other, the other two there walk. And then Montembeau, I would say we keep Montembeau. Uh, keep in mind, he's only 24 years old. Goalies take a longer time to develop unless you're Spencer Knight. Uh, he's <laughs> apparent, he was apparently born ready. But um, <laughs> Montembeau is still in that development range where he's, he's on track. And I would keep him as an insurance policy. And he also flashed pretty well when he got his chance in the NHL before. So uh, I would keep him as well. Uh, you said that you you said you said you want to keep Juleson or did you meant to say Forsling? Oh, no, I, I said Forsling is obvious. But um, out of the Prisky, Carlson and Juleson trio, I want to keep Juleson out of those three. The issue with Juleson is injuries man like yeah he's a he's a former 26 overall pick from the montreal canadians that he just hasn't been able to stay healthy and he went on a conditioning stint at the end of the season and it's hard to justify keeping a guy who just i mean think about it like this 
some and this is more stealing turns from watching the NFL. The best available the best ability is availability. And I guess you could relate that in hockey as well. So Juleson's not it's it's hard to want to keep a guy like Noah Juleson when he's just not available. He's he's six foot two, 174 pounds, guys. 174 pounds is incredibly light. So that kind of lends you to believe, well, that's probably part of the reasoning that he gets hurt. I mean, it sounds like he can't keep weight, to be honest with you. Something's, something's not right there. That, that's a very, very valid point, Tom. So I don't, I don't know if, 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 if he can be upright for, for a long-term career in the NHL. I hope that he gets it right, and that I hope that he's able to find a way to, to eventually play and for long stretches of time, too. So Hey, uh, hey, hey Tom. Um, the on Noah Juleson, uh, I have I have his profile up here. Uh, I've got him here at six two two oh one. That's uh, on the Panthers website. So. Down wrong, but yeah, I, what I when I pull up the overall stats on Hockey Reference, it, it showed up as one. Maybe it's one ninety four, and I, I apologize, but it, it, either way, it's still light under two hundred yeah, pounds of rough it, at six two. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got him here at, at six two two oh one, but the the point still stands. He is yeah. he is a injury prone player. Um, he he's had a lot of injuries. He played well in his time, but I think I want to say he had two injuries already as, as a Panther, and he was a, a waiver claim who didn't even start with the Panthers. So that's definitely mm-hmm. a concern, but um. Armando, you said the best uh, ability is availability. Does that apply to Yandel? Because I would argue oh. that Yand- <laughs> with Yandel, that's his worst ability. <laughs> yeah, where was he in that playoff? <laughs> Not available. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, Jacob, Jacob, cheers to you, brother, for hey, for that. And hey, so. Jacob, I don't mean to argue with you. I apologize. I'm looking at hockey reference right this second, and it is six two. 174. I thought it was a typo there for a second. So there is a that that 27 pound swing from one reference to another seems a little bit odd to me. But it, and also that 174 and 6'2 sounds really re- ridiculous. But I apologize. Hmm. Yeah, that, that is weird. NHL.com has him at 201. So I, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> All right, Nick. Who who would you keep and who would you walk for RFAs? Somebody's phone is uh, going off. Sounds That's one of my um, idiot hockey buddies. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, uh, Sam Bennett, uh, we're definitely keeping. And I think the fact that we only gave up two seconds for him um, is ridiculous. Um, you know, and it's kind of something that, you know, I, I'm going to get into later on, on, you know, who we could probably pick up in the offseason. But definitely Sam mm-hmm. Bennett. Uh, Bobby Orsling, you definitely have to. That that guy looked like he had been playing for years in the NHL. The moves, his skating, um, his IQ, everything that you'd want in a um, smallish slash really well skating defenseman, um, you you got to keep him. Um, Montembeau, I would definitely tender just because you don't know the goaltending situation right now. And the worst thing that you can do is leave yourself um, open. Uh, so let's say Drager does go away and let's say we do have somebody – that takes Bob or maybe somebody doesn't take Bob, but Bob's still not living up to his contract. So um, you're still going to need a third goalie there to take over the reins. Um, no, Juleson, um, I haven't seen too much uh, about him. Um, to be honest with you, I just know Montreal, uh, the overwhelming um, 
theme from a lot of their fans that they were not happy that he left um, or that he was on waivers. But again, as you said, availability is the best thing. Uh, and he hasn't been there for the Panthers, unfortunately. And I would actually wonder uh, what he'd be like with a full uh, body of health. Um, and then can you remind me one or two of the other um, RFAs? Um, well, before you do that, I would cheat. I would keep uh, Prisky uh, just for the fact that I think that he could possibly bring another element to the team. Um, and, you know, let's just see what he can grow and develop into. Um, you know, I think we have E2 Lusterinen still on the team that I think played, had a really good season. Um, I just think that the overall game wore on him, and I don't think he showed his best uh, towards the end of the season. But I do think we have something in him as well. Um, and then as far as probably the other two defensemen, um, I'm, I'm okay with letting them walk. Uh, Lusterinen won't be an RFA until the 2023 offseason. Uh, the other RFAs are are Bennett, like Bennett, Duclair, Lamico. There's Yuho Lamico, mm-hmm. uh, Walmark, Chase Prisky, Lucas Carlson, Julson, and Forslane, and Montebo. Yeah, I'll keep the list that I had. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing that this team needs to find is consistency. Um, and as much as Anthony Duclair helps out the first line or whatever line he's on as far as speed and opening things up and everything, um, I can't tell you how many times I would moan and complain in the Panther Parkway chat about his play. Um, and I know it's all by design and everything. It's just something that I felt that just wasn't really working within our system. Um, I think that Marchman actually is a better u- utility player for the first line. Um, he's able to keep plays alive. Um, so that's just my opinion on that. And, um, yeah, that, that'll be my list of, uh, who I'd rather keep. And Frank. So I'll start from uh, goaltending first. And, <clears throat> you know, I agree. We got to keep Sam Montembeault just because, uh, we know he can play at the NHL level. Um, it does take a long time for some goaltenders to mature and go through the process, but we know he, he can play. And just because goaltending is such a huge question mark with uh, the organization, you got to hang on to him. As for defense, definitely Bobby Forsling. Um, I'm at a toss up between the other guys, but I, you know, in the few games that he played, I really like Noah Juleson. And just to add a third height and weight to the mix here, <laughs> um, cap friendly, <laughs> he's 6'2, 193. So I don't know what's going on with that, but. Um, that? I wouldn't Four mind five. seeing him. Juleson? Yeah, Juleson. That's three different yeah, weights okay. at, at, with Noah Juleson. I don't know <laughs> what he is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, and then I think Chase Prisky is only six feet, but I can't find his weight. <laughs> <laughs> then if we go to the forwards, you definitely got to keep Sam Bennett. I mean, what a, mm-hmm. what a bolt of energy that he brought to us. Uh, yeah, he had a little bit of a brain cramp uh, in the first game. Like Tom, I don't fault him for that either. A, sticking up for your teammates, but B, uh, the type of energy and, and the type of toughness and the type of sandpaper that we have to have, especially with a second line center. He's talented. I think he just needed a change of scenery. Things just weren't going well for him in Calgary. And you know now I think we're going to see the kind of player that he really is. And hopefully he'll show his worth um, of being that fourth, uh, you know, that fourth pick in the draft. Um, he shows Duclair, that he can move the puck really well. Sorry about that. Yeah, he can. No, he, you're right. He can. He can. 
Um, and he's always around the net. I like that. He plays a good 200-foot game, so I, I like that. And the instant chemistry with Huberto as well. Sorry to cut you off there, but the, the, the chemistry no, he had right. with Huberto right away was, was noticeable. Absolutely. Duclair, um, you know, I could flip a coin on that. Um, he went through that gold drought at the beginning of the season, and I was like, geez, no wonder he's been with four or five other teams in his young career. Then, you know, things finally started to happen for him. He's very, very streaky, and he's not that big of a goal scorer to be that streaky. He's got to find some more consistency, and I think he's the kind of guy that his hands just never catch up with his feet. Um, he, he needs to finish. There's, there were a lot of opportunities that uh, he should have finished, so I'm okay either way. If we keep him, fine. If we don't, that's fine, too. Lamico, not necessary. Um, and like Nick said, I agree that I think Mason Marchment is more versatile, can drive play, is a bigger body, can be more physical. And I know he's not a UFA till next year, but um, I really like his game. I, I really like watching him play, and I think he's only going to get better. That's going to be it for part one of the Panther Parkway Roundtable post postseason edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. A few team news today as the Florida Panthers have announced that they have re-signed defenseman Kevin Connaughton to a one-year, two-way contract. So Kevin Connaughton does get a 125K raise from the previous season. He was making 700K in 2020. 2021 season and now he'll be making 825k for the 2022 season it's a once again a one-year two-way contract with him being a unrestricted free agent starting in the 2022 offseason so if the florida panthers find a way to move on from the likes of a keith yandel and a anton stroman we should be seeing Kevin Connaughton maybe seeing more playing time maybe in the final pairing of the defensive pairings not much playing time this season as Connaughton is more of a journeyman player but at 31 years old so the Florida Panthers one thing I've heard is that they really like Kevin Connaughton's toughness and that's what Connaughton brings to the table so and it's a cheap deal for the Florida Panthers, so great for the Florida Panthers to bring back Kevin Connaughton for the 2021-2022 season. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast comes out so it comes right into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL where they'll be covering the whole Stanley Cup playoffs and also the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And when you're done listening to this podcast, make sure to listen to the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>